and welcome to Tape Ops Discussion, where we call our friends and music community notables to chat about their favorite records. Enjoy. Yo. Hey man, what's up? Uh, nothing, just, uh, you know, listening to some music. How are you? I'm pretty good. I just, you know, opened a nice cool key lime LaCroix. Yeah. <laughs> Excellent. I'm not I'm not so keen on the key lime. I never buy the key lime. You I'm know, much more of a Popplemousse person. I'm one hundred percent. At the studio here in the lobby there's the uh it's basically like the mystery LaCroix. You 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 can't choose it you just know you're gonna get a LaCroix, but you never know what flavor. And that's that's totally unfair. It it is. It's unfair, and and you know now I feel like I'm drinking a piece of pie. <laughs> Who's responsible? Who's responsible for that flavor? It's very weird. Like it's a sparkling dessert. <laughs> Welcome to discussion. I'm Jeff Stanfield. This week we have producer engineer Tom Monahan discussing Charlie XCX's "How I'm Feeling Now." Charlie XCX, uh, how I'm feeling now. Oh, dude, I love that record. <laughs> it's such a weird um, suggestion from you, and you sent me two other records or two other suggestions, and one was, you know, High on Fire, and the other was uh, Spirit of Eden by Talk Talk. Both amazing records, and then this one, and this is this is why I love our conversations. I know you will argue that. The High on Fire and Spirit of Eden have the same ultimate sentiment, which is, you know, you know, this record is so different than that. Oh, yeah. Yeah. No, I was going to say that, like, yeah, like, Talk Talk, Spirit of Eden and High on Fire, like, for, like, I always think of those, both those records kind of like, they're about chasing the ecstatic moment, you know, like, um, they're both like, pretty big environments. I mean... It, it's uh, the talk talk one's like just a massive landscape that you're kind of moving through and the high and fire you're sort of and you're moving through it kind of slow and high and fire you're just charging through it kind of thing but the charlie xcx record I, I think that there are similarities like i mean to talk talk spirit of eden just not an energy they're totally different but it's interesting because i was listening to them back to back and there's like a there's like a really interesting focus on the stereo field and like how sounds are sitting like where not a lot overlaps like the charlie xcx record the production is just so crazy it's like um you know aj uh ag cook you know i don't know if you know his stuff he's pretty amazing yeah and like bj burton and and uh others and um and uh it's got like this um this thing where like the sounds get to kind of exist on their own, you know? And I just, I don't know. There's something about it, the energy. Like I just, I just love, I just love that Charlie XCX record. It's a little crazy sounding, a little like enclosed, but if it, you know, it's her quarantine record and I can't, you know, I can't imagine it really sounding any other way other than the, you know, it sounds like people are bouncing off the walls, but I, I relate to it. It makes me feel good when I listen to it. Yeah, it is. I mean, so she made this record and I, I guess it was sort of a quote collaborative process with her fans, but do you know how they actually got this record made? 
Well, she recorded, she was in LA and she was recording at home and, you know, collaborating with, um, you know, the songwriters and producers on the record. And she sort of, as far as I understand, she set like a kind of self-imposed deadline that she was going to have it out in May. And then she just worked around the clock. Well, everyone, it sounds like, worked around the clock. And she was kind of, you know, asking fans. I don't know if that, I'm not really sure on the details there. I kind of feel like it may, um, like, I think that that part of it may not have been, the fans may not have had as much input as maybe they could have if the, the record was taking a longer time. But um, I don't know. I just I just love how forward that record is. And I love the distortion and I love the, like, the kind of compressed nature of it. It's just like, it's really super punchy and it's really clear and it's sort of, you know fuzzy muffled way at times like that's a really excellent balance when you can be kind of like filtered and limited and fuzzed out and then there's just total like clarity between sounds that's the thing just blew my mind i'm so bored I mean, she made her first record when she was 14. Was she that young? Yeah, that record was 14. Yeah. I think it was called 14, wasn't it? <laughs> oh, man. Like, I don't know. Maybe maybe I don't know that record in particular. I just kind of know. I kind of know, you know, um, the record that came out before the Vroom Vroom EP. I, I get lost in how many different records she has. And also she was on, she did so many collabs and she wrote for other people. And so sometimes I get a little confused as to like, uh, her her own music specifically. I mean, that's part of the what happens in the digital age. Is like the idea of an album is so fluid because, you know, I'll just say play Charlie XCX and then stuff starts coming at me. You know, sometimes specifically, I I like wind up you know going through a record and and you know putting tracks in playlists. Sometimes I'll listen to a whole record, but it's it's such a different listening experience than like having a physical record in your hand putting on a side and sort of like being able to in your brain to say this these songs belong to this particular thing i mean you're just basically in this day and age you're sort of like the these songs belong to this thumbnail i mean that's like what you have you know it's kind of hard to put them in a bucket you know from an artistic standpoint i would hope that she would have like put put the stuff together thoughtfully enough to have it be a collection. No, I mean I think that I think that that record holds together as a like a an artful collection of sounds and of a and like a feeling and the songs and things like that. But I'm just saying that like you know Spirit of Eden and Talk Talk's career, I mean that's an older paradigm in general where you're not looking at an artist as like being sort of a stream like a a constant channel of of records, you know, like Spirit of Eden took two years to make and it was a clear distinct break from everything they'd done prior to that you know where you know charlie xcx has been playing with pop forms and flipping scripts and you know she's a and and also spirit of eden was not like a reflection of that time at all where like charlie xcx is one of the artists i think that i look to towards like being able to actually reflect the times that are happening around her. You know, Spirit of Eden was a record that was looking backwards and Charlie XCX is looking forwards. And so, you know, yeah, that's the thing is that I think you can make a complete 
distinction between an older time where songs, you know, all came together to make a record and a time that we're in now where I think that that kind of vessel, that sort of idea of making songs that hang together is one way of looking at how to be artistic in songwriting, but it's not the only way, you know? And um, and I think that people, because they don't have a physical thing to sort of say, these belong with this, that, you know, that I think that there are people who would just put Talk Talk, Spirit of Eden, some song might come up on their like ambient music for studying playlist, and that's just the world we live in, you know? Yeah, I mean, and and I think in in terms of like the the time between releases has been compacted now because people can just go, here's a song, here's a song, here's a song. Yeah. So you're sort of also getting a picture of like a a much more compressed uh, span of time, I guess. You know. Absolutely. It's just it's just a you know it's just a different it's just a different way of looking at things. And some you know, I mean, you and I both worked with people that like they think like. In as in terms of being songwriters, they think in records. They think A side, B side, and they they construct like that. That's how they consume music. They live in in that world. And you know, you, when you're working with them, you know that that's what's going on. And other people, um, yeah, they're they're thinking more about like the world of that one song, you know. And um, and I I think it's I think both are are interesting. Um, and I just think you know, I mean, in the modern world, it's it's what comes up on your phone. I mean, that's just the way that it is, you know? Those are the things at the end of the day that break through and the rest of discovery is you just like, you just really got to hang on to your friends, you know, like to tip you on stuff. Like the way you always send me stuff, you know, like you're sending me dub records and shit that you're into. And, and I'm really thankful for that because like, if you don't have those sort of things, you don't have these kind of conversations with people. I mean, you could just get lost into like, I don't know, whatever the Google algorithm is going to send you, you know? <laughs> yeah, exactly. I'd never really heard this record, but I put it on because you, you sent it to me. <laughs> I think it's Pink Diamond, maybe the first track on the record. Yeah, yeah. It's super, yes, it's super so aggressive. You know, it reminded me immediately of like M.I.A. Oh, wow. Yeah, totally. And, you know, a lot of the record actually does. And I thought, wow, that's kind of cool. I never really, this this drew some parallels. Yeah, I just want to go down but then there's other things on the record that are so incredibly poppy. I thought it was going one way and then it went another way completely. I thought it was pretty interesting in terms of it's like it goes from that soup the, the very aggressive pink diamond to more pop focused tracks. Yeah, there's always I mean, I think that's the like the um the AG Cook thing that's so cool is that he I'm not sure I, I don't want to cuz I don't know, I don't know if it's if he's responsible for this, but I I think the collection of people and and Charlie at the head of it, like the the record is 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 never just like a straight pop song, like a Zed song, you know, like it's not like the, you know, the, the middle or whatever. It's like, it's always going to take, it's always going to take some weird turn. Like one of the poppiest songs has her like talking in the middle of it. Like, it sounds like a therapy session or something. And, you know, maybe that, you know, the first time I heard it, I was like, oh, I don't really know about that. Is that maybe this, is that a little cheesy? And then afterwards I was like, no, I kind of like this. Cause at least it's just doing its own thing. Like, 
and the and the sounds and the, the you know the the kind of the way it can take a 90 degree turn at like any moment like that feels really exciting to me when i hear people trying to flip the script you know because you recommended it to me i had to really give it an honest listen and it grew on me and i i started to see what you dig about it and i love pop music don't get me wrong yeah. This one caught me off guard <laughs> coming from you, honestly, you know? Oh, man. I just, it, it's just one of those records I was really looking forward to. Like, I really wanted to hear it when it came out. And I was, I put it on and I was like, oh, man, I love this. And I, you know, every time, you know, you listen to a record like that and it has that kind of pop element, you wonder, is something going to catch? Is there going to be a hit on this? And, you know, Charlie XCX always seems to be like one step away from having in some kind of massive hit. And it was just, it just feels like a record that like, you know, it just kind of came out and got a little bit lost. And, um, you know, I found myself going back to it and I kept thinking, how is this production like feeling to me? Is this feeling like it's aging already? Does this feel like it's going to feel classic in like, you know, 10, 15 years? Is it, you know, the way that Daft Punk kind of always seems to pull those sort of miracles out of a hat? You know, you go back and you listen to their stuff and you're like, man, yeah, that still sounds really good. Or, you know, any kind of electronic music that's smart. And I kept going back to it and thinking like, no, I really like this. Like, I, I really like it. Like, I like the distortion the way that I like, like, Killing Joke. You know what I mean? And I and I kept finding elements of it where I'm like, yeah, this is, this is really solid. And I didn't really know who um, A.G. Cook was. I kind of found him through, like, backtracking through who worked on this record and talking to friends. And, you know, and he's a really interesting character. And his, you know, he just put out a solo record that's like a double album and each side is really different and he's trying all sorts of things and he's really prolific and he's searching 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 and that's the energy that i really like is that this guy is just searching all the time and trying new sounds and some of it's great and some of it falls flat on its face and i love that about it and um i just feel like he's mapping out a territory that's going to feel and sound great for a really long time. And this record is just one of those ones where, you know, I could be totally wrong. I have been totally wrong with Charlie XCX in, in, as an artist, in fact, like where I've like fallen in love with a song of hers and gone back later and been like, yeah, you know, that was, maybe that, maybe that isn't, is like super awesome, like a few years down the line. Um, but this one felt different. It just feels different to me. Like I'm like, there've been several times where I've listened to this song and just been like, oh yeah. I am loving this in the same way that I like Joy Division and like Susie and the Banshees. And there's like a goth element to it. And like, there's, there's something in there that just speaks to some sort of classicism that I, that I really like. And, um, and so, you know, when you were, when we were talking about records, I, I was just like, I got to suggest this one because this one feels like, you know, Spirit of Eden, classic, Stone Cold classic, going to sound great forever. It's like going to church. You know what I mean? You put that record on and it straightens out everything, you know, high on fire, kind of the same way for me. It's like, I put it on and I'm like, you know, it's, 
it's ridiculous on some level, but I'm like a metalhead kid, you know, and it like, it straightens, it straightens things out. Like the way the Ramones straighten everything out. And when I listen to the Charlie XCX record, it may not be all the way through, but there are just certain songs and certain moments on that record that the more I listen to it, I'm like, yeah, like this is a, is an agitated, compressed, uh, you know, environment, people enclosed and in this enclosed energy, you know, enclosed environment, all this insane energy is popping off. And like, I'll be okay if that's the way I remember the pandemic and quarantine and like that this came out of it and that this energy, these people were able to summon this through internet connections and they were able to be together and yet creating at the same time. Like the record has felt good to me during this time because of that. I was like, these people don't give a fuck. They just went and made this thing and they came ready to like do it. And they made something really beautiful. Thanks for listening. Discussion is created by Tape Op, the creative music recording magazine. Free subscriptions are available at tapeop.com along with our regular podcast and online content.